welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, and welcome to episode 212 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm so thrilled that you decided to spend the hour with us. I have an incredible guest for you today, and my guest is Becky Crosby. You may know her better as Whippy Cake. (laughs) Whippy is a personality online. She's an influencer. She's also an extraordinary mom. So today we're going to be hearing about her journey as far as her motherhood journey, her business journey, and what's happened in the last year of her life that has really transformed the way that she views life, motherhood, herself, priorities, all of that. She's truly an inspiration and I think what makes her so amazing is the vulnerability that she puts out there and the willingness she has to to share with others for the sake that they cannot feel so alone. I love that confidence in her and I'm just really excited to share with you my conversation with her. So let's get to it with Whippy. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Whippy this morning. Hey Whippy. Hi. How are you? I'm so great. Thank you. Well, the trouble with scheduling this interview is you're in Arizona. I'm in California, and we you only do daylight savings, or you don't do daylight savings at all. And so part of the time, we're on the same time zone, and part of the year, we're not. So that's kind of confusing. <laughs> I know. It is confusing. But, but we figured it out. We figured it out. And so life is good. Well, I'm really just thrilled to be chatting today and going deeper into your motherhood journey, which I think will be really fun to, to open up about that side. So will you just give a little background on yourself for people that don't know you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a mother of four and happily married for 11 years going and going, <laughs> and I guess. And I also own my own little business. And my business is a little bit unusual or untraditional um, because it has different facets to it. Um, One part being my um, online social media business where I share content and education and information on, you know, different platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and my blog. And then another part of that business is um, I do a lot of public speaking, um, mainly geared towards self-confidence and self-help for women and um, I've also for a long time my education is actually in styling so Mm. hair makeup beauty um, actually went to school for hair first and then just continued went back for some makeup training and then went back again for uh, fashion and wardrobe styling so I use a lot of that in my um, blogging and YouTube videos but I also share um all right, not share. I also do a lot of consulting and projects with people. So I've done some really fun photo shoots and projects with different types of brands and companies, including um, like Barbie, Coca-Cola, uh, L'Oreal, just some all, all different types. Yeah, <laughs> so that's so awesome. When people ask me, what do you do? It's a little bit like, oh, what do I 
Right. And sometimes you're like, I wish I could just say, I'm a teacher (laughs) and have that be enough. Yeah. My husband's an accountant and I'm like, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. (laughs) It doesn't take like a monologue to be able to tell people what you do. But I, I love that. I love you've been able to create your job based around your passions. And so as you speak to these women about self-confidence and things like that, has confidence always been a part of who you are? Have you always felt confident in your own skin and your style and your self-expression? Has that always come naturally to you or has it been something you've worked towards? Um, I definitely have had to work towards it. I think it's always something that I've longed for and naturally been inclined to. I've always been very outgoing and social and, um, you know, I thrive in social settings. And so I think it definitely takes, a level of confidence to be able to just be in, in public or talk to people, you know, that are strangers or even put yourself on camera or on social media and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that there was always a level of it, but I've for sure spent a lot of time and effort in going deeper into those layers of confidence and understanding on how to be confident and where self-worth comes from and stuff. And can you give me an example of something actionable that you've done to kind of cultivate that in yourself? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that I've ever done is really just more so adopting a mindset or gaining a new reality on how confidence works. And hmm. and and that is that you're, it's not a destination or something, you know, that you just reach a certain level and you get there and you arrive and you never have to do anymore. Your and one of my talks that I give is actually called Girl in Progress. You are always a work in progress. We are designed so that we always want to be progressing and getting better. And for a long time, I thought that it was something where you could just check off all these things on a checklist and you'd be happy and you'd be good to go. But it, it really doesn't work like that. And I'm glad it doesn't because you always have the opportunity and the, the potential to become a better person than you were yesterday or a year ago, five years ago. So. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Whippy today, but I want to take a quick second to thank one of our show sponsors, and that is RX Bar. RX Bar is the whole food protein bar made with simple, real ingredients. And as I'm seeking to feel like a more confident mom, I want to feel confident in what I'm feeding my kids. And to me, RX Bar Kids has me covered. They're made with high quality, real ingredients designed specifically for kids. Based with egg whites, fruits and nuts as the base, RX Bar Kids contains seven grams of protein. It is literally the perfect snack to throw in a church bag, keep in my purse, throw in their lunchbox. They love all three flavors. Jackson especially loves the chocolate chip, as evidenced by the chocolates constantly around his mouth, but the apple cinnamon raisin and berry blast are also delicious. You can find RX Bars at Target stores, or for 25% off your very first order, visit rxbar.com EMP and enter promo code EMP. That will give you 25% off your very first order. So if RX Bar kids are not currently a part of your daily life, I definitely suggest giving it a try. So thank you, RX Bar, for sponsoring the show. All right, let's get back to the conversation with Whippy. You know, tying that into motherhood, it is so interesting because a lot of times moms don't feel confident until many, many years in where they feel like they finally got a handle on it, right? But like, right. I don't know. I, I really want mothers to feel like they can be confident from the get-go because their love is enough. Their effort is enough. Who they are today is enough. Sure, we're going to learn things along the way and we're going to mess up and we're going to tweak things. And 
But that confidence, it doesn't come from the perfection on the other side. It comes from knowing the value you have today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think in mothers, I something that I was surprised and um, to find in, in my work and in all the conferences I've attended and the people that I talked to and the conversations I've had with moms is a lot of times what ends up happening is the opposite in becoming a mom and the demands of being a mom and a wife and taking care of a household and whatnot, uh, they really lose themselves. They really mm. lose their sense of self-worth and, you know, they forget what makes them special, what makes them thrive, what feeds them. They kind of just become um, lost and their identity becomes their kids. And, and that can be really dangerous because your kids are eventually going to move out or they're going to start to want to have their own identity and stand on their own. And I've seen a lot of women where that's when they start to really just struggle with anything from anxiety to depression to just feeling lost and a a sense of loss of control in their lives because what they identified or what was their foundation for so long is changing or is moving out or is, Mm. you know, growing up. And so that's why I think it's so, so, so important to find practices or, or things where you can have be yourself individually on your own outside of being a wife, outside of being a mother, outside of a business. First and foremost, you have to have a foundation and a strong knowledge of who you are on your own independently. Mm, I could not agree more. And I really am so excited about kind of this movement of self-awareness and personal development, even for moms. I mean, I feel like people in the workplace, professional development is a part of it. Like that's just how it is. But for mothers, that personal development portion, when you are coming, I mean, everyone comes into motherhood with a a lack, you know, like we only have our experience to draw from. Um, But as you become more self-aware and put that effort into realizing you know, the areas that, you know, you're telling yourself incorrect narratives. You know, you have these beliefs that need to be changed so that you can really thrive and enjoy motherhood in a different way and model it for your kids differently. When we work on ourselves, we can show up better for our kids. And have you noticed that movement as well lately? Oh, absolutely. I feel like everybody, I I feel like the whole world is shifting. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people talk like, oh, it's just getting worse. But I think as a result, you know, if things get worse, they also, there's also the polarity, the opposite, that is getting better. Mm. The two will always match each other. As humans evolve, so will, you know, the darkness or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I definitely see, and, and especially with how fast technology is advancing, you know, and how fast social media and just culture is shifting, I think it's so exciting to see the shift as well in the emotional awakening and the spiritual awakening that people are seeking and hungry for. You see a lot of mm. people talking about yoga, eating clean, meditating, affirmations, reading self-help books. All of these things, I think, are a natural result of that shift because we need it. We need it to uh, feed us, to, to sustain this new path that we're on. Mm. Yeah, I could not agree more. So let's dive more into the motherhood aspect of your life. So tell me about early motherhood for you. What was it like? Was it what you expected it would be like? How was that? How old's your oldest now? She is 10. Okay, so 10 10 years ago, Whippy's a new mom. What were you like (laughs) as a brand new mama? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm the youngest of eight in my family. I have a brother, so I guess we're the youngest. Okay. um, 
my sisters all started having babies when I was like 10 or 11. Oh, wow. And so I felt like early on, I was already not parenting, but just I was kind of around babies and kids a lot. And so because of that, I was not in a big rush to start having babies myself. In fact, when we first got married, I was like, okay, we were waiting at least two years. I was really firm on that. And it's so funny because like six months into getting married, I got bit with that baby bug. Like my (laughs) spiritual or internal instincts just clicked on and was like, nothing could make me, nothing could fill the void in my heart other than having a baby. And I mean, that I, I just knew that it was what I needed to do because logically I had this whole other plan. And <laughs> so for me, it was just like all the knowing that I needed was like, okay, you're ready. Although nothing else could explain why you want a baby so badly. Yeah. And um, I think that I wasn't as fearful about having kids or starting a family because all of my siblings and, you know, the people around me had already started their families and I was the designated babysitter and the super cool fun aunt that they would come stay in my house for a couple nights. Um, but there's definitely, I would say when it comes to becoming a mom for the first time, it is a whole new level of trusting and listening to yourself because when you become a mom, even when you get pregnant, immediately the floodgates of people sharing opens up right everybody wants to tell you how to do this and what to eat and what position to sleep in I mean everything I I got so much advice it was crazy and I remember it was probably when my son my first child was about three months old and I had all that whole inner battle of I'm doing this am I doing this right am I doing it wrong am I nursing too much or too little like just not sure about anything. Yeah. And I finally had this like little internal light go on that it's like, you know what's best and your child has, is equipped to communicate to you what it needs. And you are able to look at him and see if he's thriving or struggling or if you need to make changes. And so from then on, I was just kind of like, all right, I love getting advice from people, but I'm going to trust, I'm going to take it all into consideration and then I'm going to listen to myself and trust myself what their needs are yeah and I think that's a constant choice right like literally every time you're at the grocery store and they're like oh your baby's feet must be so cold without socks on you're like oh, oh yeah okay yeah. thanks I'll take it into consideration I love it mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh thank you I, and I always try to be thankful for the right. advice because I think everybody just has the best intention I'm yes. super guilty of giving advice like I yeah dump advice on people because I'm just like oh my life is so much better because of doing this this way but you know I also know that everybody needs to decide the right way for them individually and for their family individually totally yeah what was the best part of bringing a baby and you know successive babies into your family for you I so my pregnancies are pretty rough I get really sick and Mm. whatnot um towards the end luckily the sickness goes away and I can just enjoy being pregnant and the baby cakes and oh I just love it Mm. I love it so much um and for me like the delivery I mean even though I had c-sections which I know a lot of people consider to be not ideal and they're not as magical they don't even let you touch your baby you're kind of strapped to a table But even still, like, I've always been able to find just that special magic where everything else fades away and all you know and see is that new baby. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I could cry just talking about it. And I just love it. I love being able to connect and 
bond and just be at one with your new precious little baby. Mm, That's so awesome. And what was, what has been the hardest part of motherhood for you? You know what, the hardest part for me has come a little bit later when um, they're no longer a baby. Babies have very specific needs, but because they're more immobile and things like that, it's, I think it's relatively easy to care for them and know that you're doing a good job Mm. when they start to take on their own individual personalities and they have their own way of moving through life they 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 have their own need for different needs and interests and whatnot um I remember it was in 2013 (laughs) I can specifically remember having like a new mom awakening because it clicked in me like we have these four kids but they're all so different and I can't just talk to them and discipline them all the same, like blanket statements mm-hmm. and expect it, you know, to have great results. And so I really learned individually how to individually parent my kids. And the way I did that was through a book. This, my awakening came from the book called the child whisper by Carol Tuttle. Yes. So I good. I cannot tell you, like if you want to give somebody a gift, you know, blankets and whatnot, they're, those are cute, but <laughs> You will change a parent's life by giving them the child whisperer book, uh-huh. and it not only helped with you know parenting my kids based on their individual needs and and personalities, but it helped with my relationship with my husband and his relationship hmm. and understanding of me, and it helped me understand my parents and the way that they are. Like it just helped me understand that everybody is different and everybody has different ways of moving and existing in life. And it's a good thing. Mm. And your mission in life isn't to get everybody else to think and live the way that you do. Your mission in life is to honor and stay true to yourself and to honor and, and let other allow other people to stay true to what is true to them. What's specific to them. Mm. You know, I love that. And how do you fight that when it's inconvenient? How do you, like, even now, so they your kids are getting older and they have their own ideas about what they want to do and when they want to do it. So how do you, how do you wrestle with that? So for sure, it is a wrestle. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> even, I've read the book so many times and I talk about it all the time. Like, I study it. I really try to understand it inside and out. And it's still a struggle because the way that you think comes naturally. Yes. And understanding the way that somebody else thinks and operates and perceives things does not come naturally. And so, for example, I have a daughter who is kind of an opposite type of me. She doesn't, I'm very, um, I connect with people on an emotional, social level, and she's very much just, I have an objective and I'm going to get there. And she doesn't even calculate or take into consideration how her choices might hurt or harm or offend anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for me being somebody who's consciously overly sensitive, aware of other people's feelings and emotions, it's a, bu- it's a battle and we would butt heads. And so I'm, when I want to react and when I want to immediately tell her, you know, why are you this way or don't be so, or you're too much this, those are all, in, even though from a parenting standpoint, I have the best intentions, what she is hearing and what she's taking in is me telling her the way that she is and the way that she thinks is not okay. And yes, to yes. make that even more extreme, it's basically saying God made you wrong because mm. God made her that way for a specific reason and a specific purpose. And so when I start, I basically, that's what I have to get to. I have to take that deep breath and that step back and look at the bigger picture. God made her to be the way that she is, to think the way that she does for a very specific purpose 
And I don't want to mess that up. I want her to meet her full potential and to, to be her, her truest self. So I have to really be thoughtful and careful and intentional with my verbiage. So I'm reinforcing her truth and honoring her, but redirecting her in a way that is helpful for her to, so that she can be herself in a healthy way that doesn't hurt or offend other people. That's really, really powerful and so, so insightful. Your kids are so lucky that they have the freedom to express themselves and show up just as they are. And and sure, we all have weaknesses and we need to guide our children and ourselves to a place where, you know, we can we can think about other people's feelings and we can take that into consideration. But just because it's our way of thinking doesn't mean it's the best and only way and yeah, that's really hard exactly. to fight but it's a really <laughs> worthwhile battle and I love that you're doing it, it it is really hard and I definitely am on a mission to just get better and better at it mm-hmm. um but I'm not I'm so far from perfect and you know there's some kids that it just comes so easy for me to, mm-hmm. to really nurture their nature and then there are others where I'm just like all right kid you teach me yeah <laughs> Totally. You help me. You help me out here. I love it. I'm nodding and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening just nodding like, yep, got one of those. Got one of those. (laughs) And I mean, and really, I say this a lot. A lot of times the attributes that our toddlers have that are the most difficult, you know, whether it's the stubbornness or, Uh you know, the competitive drive and the, the hyperactivity even, you know. Sometimes those become the very best assets to them later on. Mm -hmm. So we do not want to squash those precious attributes that even though they're inconvenient and hard to manage as toddlers, really those are the future leaders. And, you know, you know, it's just, it's exciting to think what they could do with it if used correctly. So that's where we need to help them to learn how to focus that in. Yeah. It's exciting. And when you nurture it, like when you, nurture it the best thing that can happen is they you know they grow into this amazing contributing human being but uh, there's a whole nother spectrum or end of it where you know ignoring it or not doing it or you know harmfully having dangerous verbiage with your kids can cultivate this whole new person and it's what I see all the time in adults um, people who had great parents, pe- parents with the best of intentions, but were told from a very young age that they were not enough as they are, or that the way they think is, is wrong, or the way that they move, or how loud they are. This verbiage or being told that they're not enough or that they need to change. What the kids take it in as, because they they're, they don't have the maturity or the cognitive development to understand it the way that adults do. Mm. So the way that they take it in is they're starting to think, I'm not enough, or I'm not okay the way that I am, or I need to change for people to like me. Mm. And what's so scary is when that starts to take hold in a preteen and a young and a, a teenager and an adult and grown women and mothers is you have this new internal thought process of constantly viewing everything through the filter of not being deserving, not being enough, not being loved as is, as you are, and needing to change or adapt to make other people happy. And what that all funnels down to is not being yourself. And when you are not yourself, you're essentially being something else in your own skin, and it feels uncomfortable. And that discomfort starts to present itself in things like addiction, um, emotional beat patterns and behaviors that are destructive or self-destructive, mm-hmm. um, depression, anxiety, 
all of those can almost always be funneled down and attributed to a sense of not knowing your worth, not knowing where you come from, that you do deserve everything that you want and then some. Mm. You should be a motivational speaker. Woo! Listen to you go. I Oh man. Gosh, that is so right on. That is so right on. And that is something that I'm currently working on and I just love it when other women can speak that into my life like you're on the right path. Like this is a worthwhile pursuit. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Whippy as much as I am. I want to thank our last show sponsor and that is Yoga Glow. It's hard to get to yoga studios sometimes, right? I love doing yoga and yet I find it nearly impossible to get to the studio to do my practice. And so Yoga Glow is the best option for workouts at home. Yoga Glow is an online yoga and meditation program that you can do literally anywhere. There are thousands of classes at all levels with rockstar teachers, with, and you'll have unlimited access all online from the comfort of your own home. When you sign up for Yoga Glow for just $18 a month, which is amazing because you know how expensive yoga can be, you will absolutely love how easy using their website is easy to navigate you can find the right class for you and you don't have to waste time driving to the gym it's perfect so this is the deal you get your first two weeks of yoga glow for free when you sign up on yogaglow.com slash emp that's yoga glo.com slash emp for two weeks free yogaglow.com slash emp I really appreciate Yoga Glow's support of the podcast, and now I hope that you will support them and get the added benefit of your first two weeks for free. And I'm confident you'll love it so much that you'll want to sign in for more. So thanks, Yoga Glow, for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to the rest of my conversation with Whippy. So something else that has really impacted you in the last year has kind of you know, disrupted your norm a little bit and had you um, kind of do some introspection and stepping back from social media and things. Tell me what the catalyst was for that and what this last year has been like for you. So early March um, 2017, my parent, uh, we were visiting my parents for spring break, actually. And while we were there, um, it just kind of came about that they, like, they decided while we were there that they were going to get a divorce. And so we ended up spending spring break, um, well, I did, mediating and talking to my parents and helping them through this, whole new decision and at the same time my mom was like well if we're getting divorced I don't want to stay in in Utah and so at the same time all this is happening I am helping my mom pack up everything and um, pack up their whole house and downsize everything and then at the same time like literally while this is all going on my dad had a heart attack unbelievable it was just like seriously a surreal surreal experience and it sounds I I really don't want anybody to be thinking oh poor Whippy or anything because it was difficult I when even when I was going through it and I was there like I wasn't coming apart or sobbing or anything I I definitely feel like in your life when things like that are happening God that's exactly the time that he steps in and he makes up the difference Mm. and um but what it was for me is like you said a catalyst um the things that I witnessed and the conversations that I had and how deeply I started to understand um, my parents' relationship and, you know, what went wrong, so to speak, were, was exactly everything I needed to hear in that moment um, wow. to have the shift and to have to make the changes that I have been doing in the last 10 months. And um, I think that 
to say that is actually kind of crazy because I was, you know, already a motivational speaker talking about things like confidence and self-help. I'm already working on my self, my, my personal progress, like it literally yeah. is my full-time job. And so to have this awakening where it's like, no, you don't, you don't have confidence. Right. Like there's still a big <laughs> you gap you that you didn't even, know. No, you haven't mm-hmm. even scratched the surface. Wow. Um, that's just kind of crazy. It just goes to set, show like it doesn't matter where you're at, you're at or how well you're doing. You can always go deeper. You can always get better. And same thing like, you know, for my mom, this divorce and this last year has really, for her, felt like rock bottom. But from where I'm sitting, I'm just so excited for her because she has this opportunity to completely go back to her roots, to her, to, to start over on her foundation, to build herself and to create the person that she always wanted and needed and was craving to be. And so if you're in a position where you're feeling like, yeah, well, I'm not a motivational speaker and it's just going to be that much harder for me. Or, you know, if you're starting, if you're thinking that it doesn't apply to you, it absolutely does. Hmm. Even if you're like, there's this meme that I see all the time that I just love it. It's like, I thought I knew what rock bottom was. And then I found out rock bottom has a basement. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true, you know, but yeah. you can immediate, you can start making a shift anytime and it doesn't have to be huge, ginormous, crazy things. You can take it as slow as you want, as little, little baby steps, whatever you want, you get to make your own path. Mm. And talking to women all the time that have been through a big challenge in their life, a loss of some sort, you know, they all preach the same thing. Like, I wish I hadn't have waited till that huge event to realize what I had right in front of me or to get on the right track or to, you know, work on my personal development, whatever it was. And so regardless of where you are, maybe you are in the basement of that rock bottom. Maybe you are doing okay and you're kind of coasting along. But building up your arsenal of tools and recognizing, you know, sure, I might feel confident, but can I stretch it and go deeper even more? There is no shortage of things we can learn about ourselves or about the world that can't be of great benefit to us, right? Absolutely. And I love that you kind of pinpointed on that statement where you said women start to feel like, I wish I hadn't, or I wish I knew this, I wish I knew that. I used to be a, like, terminal, that that would be my terminal mindset. Sure. If only, if only I knew this, or if I, you know, did this differently, and I was constantly critical of my past choices and behaviors and patterns and whatnot, and lamenting things that I didn't do differently back then, and now I'm in a place where, and I would hope and plead and cheer people on to change that mindset to, to drastically go away from that way of thinking because for me, like, the, the types of practices and principles and the quotes and things that mean the most to me than right now are things that I've heard a hundred times. Mm. You know, I heard them a year ago and five years ago, and they didn't start to mean what they mean to me today because I hadn't experienced everything that I had experienced. Mm. So the things that you wish were better or different or, you know, that you didn't do or sink as low as you did in your past, it's because you sunk that low in your past or because you made the mistakes or or had the challenges and trials that you've had in the past. Those are all the exact precise things that are leading you to your better, Mm. more developed, more aware self. And so don't, 
don't regret those things. Cherish them and be so thankful for them because there will come a day where you can look back on all of it and see exactly why it was all for your for your good, for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we only have such limited energy and mind space. And why spend so much time lamenting and worrying and re- reconfiguring the past in a different way? And it's to no avail, right? Like it's it's good it's good to be reflective and be like, oh, well, now I know better, so now I can do better. That is different yeah. than you know pouring yourself into regret, but being able to to live more presently and more mindfully of this moment and what you're working with now. That is a better use of your energy. And what are we showing our kids through that, right? Like beat yourself up about, you know, the past. And if I had done this or your mom had done that or your dad had done that and we wouldn't be here. Come like, no, that's not, that's not a way to problem solve and, and to realize like you have power today over the choices that you make and the thoughts that you think. And so then what do you want to do with that? Well, and if you think too about, you know, all the most successful people in the world, um, from Steve Jobs to Thomas Edison and whatnot, like people bring up their mistakes. Mm. I mean, Steve Jobs got fired from Apple and Thomas Edison, wouldn't he fail a thousand times before he got it right? Like, yeah, it's exactly what the failures and the struggles and the trials and the challenges are exactly what makes the triumphs what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, having that polarity is so important. Yeah. Oh, I could not agree more. What would you say has been your biggest triumph then? That makes me just think. Like, what are you especially proud of in your life? Um, I would say, and there's so many. And you know what's crazy? Like, maybe even just being able to say, I have so many triumphs. Well, that's it. I, yes. I feel, yeah, like, <laughs> I am getting emotional about that because, I was in the mindset of it's wrong and arrogant and conceited to say nice things about yourself. Mm. And now I would say it's harmful and destructive and dangerous to not say nice things about yourself, to not give yourself the credit. Mm. So maybe simply put just the ability to, to break old social, like socially conditioned beliefs and patterns that are put upon you that you didn't really choose for yourself. Mm. I, I think that is incredibly insightful. And so many times having moms on the Extraordinary Moms podcast, they always feel like, but I'm not extraordinary. Like, I'll tell my story, but I'm not extraordinary. And I was talking to Natalie Norton. Do you know Natalie? Of course. I love her so much. And, love her. And, she, and I'm like, you know, you are so extraordinary, Natalie. You know, I'm sure you're going to say, no, I'm not. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, we're, but we all, but we all are. She's like, I'm no more extraordinary than you. I'm no more extraordinary than my neighbor. But we are all extraordinary. And so, owning that and being willing to celebrate our triumphs, call ourselves extraordinary, give ourselves the credit for what we're working really, really hard to do in this life—the motherhood aspect, the business aspect, the marriage aspect, whatever it is—it's mm-hmm. really empowering and it's a confidence that is not arrogant it is just knowing your worth and it's not our our own worth that we give ourselves it's from god exactly yeah and that's the thing like if you could start doing anything that's so easy to do it would be that just start believing that start saying things nicely out loud about Mm -hmm. yourself or at the very least when somebody compliments you don't tell them all the reasons that they're wrong just 
Let oh, thank it you. penetrate. Mm. Let it sink in. Let it resonate because deep down there's absolute truth to that. And I mean, it's just so crazy. In 2018, you can see people who are phenomenal singers or expert pianists or like killer athletes and you talk to them or you interview them and they will do anything but acknowledge how talented they are. Hmm. And it's something to think about. I think it's kind of a tactic. Like if you're religious like me, I think it's something that Satan has been working on. It's it's one of his many schemes and I'm trying to change that with my kids. I have a daughter, the one that is, um, you know, a little bit more challenging for me. Mm-hmm. She believes that she's an expert at everything. Like, we got a new kitten, and she's like, I'm a cat trainer, and people will come over, and she's like, yeah, I I taught her to sit, and I taught her to stay, and I taught her to roll over, and, I, and she'll meow on cue, and I don't correct her, because if she can see herself as an expert, she's an expert. Right. And I, I don't want that mentality to shift. It's not helpful. I want her to always see herself that way. Yeah, absolutely. And we can believe that. I've been really working on my fitness in the last month or two, and, and I've realized, I keep repeating to myself, I'm not a runner. I'm not good at working out. I don't like working out. Well, duh. All of those things are absolutely true, because that is what I believe. If I, saying, if yeah. I keep saying it, of course that is absolutely 100% true. But the second I say something different, my life is different. And so I'm implementing just changing the way I think about these things into action. And I'm like, I'm doing it. Like I'm not absolutely. a fitness model, but I'm doing it, you know? And that is that is huge. That is huge, huge, huge. So why can't she be a cat trainer? Why can't I be a runner? If I want to be. Exactly. Yeah. We well, can start today. It's so interesting and kind of magnificent that the world will reflect back to you exactly what you mm. want to see, exactly mm. what you're looking for. Mm. If you have the belief that people take advantage of you or they use you or you're a victim or everything goes wrong, that's exactly what you're going to find. If you believe that the internet is toxic and everybody's horrible and out to get you, that's exactly what you're going to find. Mm. If you believe that people are kind and loving and their service abounding and there's generosity, you're going to see it. And if you know, you're going to see exactly what you want to, what you believe about yourself. And so if you change your dialogue even deeper than that, you change the way that you think about yourself. I am a runner. I'm a runner for me. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be compared to like, I can't even name a famous runner. Right. Like let's go as a swimmer. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm no Michael Phelps, but I can still get in the pool with my kids. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And when, when you start to see that, then you'll start to notice too, not only does it change for you, but other people will start to see yourself the way that you do. Mm. So if you start to talk about yourself, like I'm a runner and I'm an athlete, People will start seeking you out and asking you for running advice and asking Mm. you for fitness advice. It's just the natural way the world and the universe works. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could not agree more. Uh, I followed you from afar for a long time, but you said something recently that really was the thing that prompted me to reach out. You said, you know, over the last year, you've learned a lot and you wanted to give your space, yourself space to have it take hold. And I just thought, like that, that is it. So many times we're consuming so much and, and even, you know, going to therapy every single week, but never having like the space or the time to let it sink in and start practicing those things. Sometimes you can just over consume and nothing really changes that deeply. Is that what you meant by that? And how have you been able to do that? I've noticed you've been off social media more. How's that all played into it? 
So first I'll say, because I know when people, like, at least for me, when you're somebody whose business runs on social media and, you know, part of your daily routine is checking it, posting, Mm -hmm. reading comments, answering things constantly throughout the day, to just jump from, I'm going to hop off social media, it literally feels stressful and it just seems impossible. Sure. And so for me, like, I had this big dramatic thing. I mean, I, I wasn't on social media very much just because we were packing and it was crazy and it was survival mode, right? And when you're in serious life-changing, somebody in your life has a heart attack, the last thing you're doing is checking social media. Sure. Um, so for me, that was like my getting shoved into the deep end of the pool part. Mm-hmm. But because of being off social media and, and and taking a break and things like that, I had this huge click of... Um, just understanding completely how all powerful God is, right? Like, what do I fear is going to happen if I'm not on social media? People are going to forget me. I'm going to lose followers. I'm going to lose business. I'm going to lose money. All of these things, right? So there, and and the list goes on. Sure. Um, but what it all boiled down to for me was that I mean, God can literally do anything that He wants. So if it's Part of my purpose or plan is to lose followers or to lose business or to lose money. That's going to happen regardless. Hmm. And I think something that, uh, especially what's taught here in the U.S., is that your money completely directly reflects how much time and work and effort you put in. Hmm. And that is a total big fat lie. You can work 10 hours a week and make just as much money as you do when you're working 80 hours a week, like I was. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe me, look around. Like there are super deeply poor people who work their butts off. I mean, they literally work their fingers to a bone and they never get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who just money just finds them. They attract it. It gravitates to them. And learning that lesson was just life changing for me. Learning to not fear not fear because he's always in control and whatever he me trying to take care of myself and do what's best for me that doesn't mean I'm naturally going to be punished by the universe and lose everything that I've worked for Hmm. and I didn't I I mean I'm making just as much money if not a little bit more than I was when I was a workaholic and when I was on social media every single day and um, I feel just as in tune with everything as I was when I was literally had my finger on the pulse all the time so I think that's great I, that is a great lesson overnight I yeah it took a lot of I mean I do talk to a counselor every single week and I read a lot of books and do a lot of meditation and different type of practices that really help that to sink in and resonate to where it's not even like a hokey thing I understand it as a universal law mm. you know mm. and so Taking a break from social media, even if it's just switching from posting three times a day to every once every other day or once a week like it was for me, um, whatever you can do, your world is not going to fall apart. Nothing is going to crash and burn. Hmm. He is in control, you know, and when you start to trust him, like a whole world and new universes open up to you. Hmm. And so then what did you notice or did you notice anything when you were back on social media and you did more scrolling and did anything shift in your day-to-day life and how you viewed yourself or your world or anything like that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to go on social media and I had all the same feelings. Like I know that there's more talk lately about how influencers and whatnot can be really toxic or triggers for people and their low self-esteem and whatnot. And I, even being an influencer, I was one of those people where Mm. other people that I might compare myself to other influencers that have more followers or are getting different sponsorships than me and whatnot. All of that stuff that I believed to be true totally triggered me. Um, I could get a hundred amazing, sweet, generous comments and one negative comment. And that negative comment would just like rattle me to where I wasn't sleeping or even not feeling hungry and things like that. So to be able, the time and everything that I took and, and granted, there was a lot that went on. I mean, I'm not kidding what I was saying. I'm talking to a counselor. I'm trying different forms of meditation and being in nature, anything. Yeah. I tried all, I was starving for this emotional, spiritual awakening. And, and I wanted to get into the deeper parts of myself and my self-worth. So it didn't happen overnight. I worked at it and it's far too many facets to be able to explain. Mm-hmm. But um, distancing myself from social media and it wasn't even a conscious, I'm not going on social media cause it's bad. It was just, I'm so consumed with all the stuff that I'm learning and all these new rituals and practices I'm experimenting with that there was no interest for me to go on there to, mm. to be on social media. I wasn't getting lost. You know, you, you turn it up, you turn on Instagram to answer a comment and two hours later, you know, right. you know what happened. so when I did come back onto social media, I noticed that there's nothing that can trigger me mm. because the triggers aren't coming from social media. It's coming from myself. It's coming mm-hmm. from what I'm looking for. And what I look for now is things that reflect back to me that I'm deserving, that I'm worthy, that I'm lovable, that I'm accepted as I am, that I'm fun, that I'm beautiful, that I have a support system. And those are the things that I find when I open up social media. Mm. And the people that you know, didn't follow you as you weren't posting as much or whatever, but the people that remain, those are your people. So it doesn't matter yeah. really the quantity of people at all. It matters that the people that are showing up for you are who you actually are talking to anyway. Why do you yeah. care about the other people that aren't actually your people? Cause you know, it, what you're saying probably wasn't resonating with them as much or whatever right. it is. So I think that can go for anybody, whether it's moms in the PTA who you feel like you're not, you know, vibing with, with them or whatever it is. Like, you don't need to take it personally that you're not a part of a certain group or doing a certain thing. But just the people, if you're putting out positivity and your true self into the world, the people that need you and will love you for who you are, they'll find you and they'll stick yes. with you. There will be people who move on from following me, and I just thank them for the time that they did contribute to my ecosystem, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be, like you said, I'm going to probably start attracting a whole new portion of people who are interested in needing and hungry for the things that I've been hungry for. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you listen to other podcasts? I listen to one podcast. What's that? It's the Super Soul Conversations oh, with Oprah. Okay. I listened to Amy Purdy's this morning. She's the amputee who then went on to be a Paralympian. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> 
it I is. Heard it yet. I, I think it recently. I made it have come out in the last two days. So yeah, definitely prioritize that. Totally amazing. Okay. But okay. Um, you might also want to listen to the Lively Show. So Just Lively oh, cool. used to um, interview creative entrepreneurs and bloggers and things like that. So that was like the first hundred episodes. She's been doing this for years now, um, mm-hmm. and she's about our age. And she now she got a divorce and then started traveling the world. And I mean, it's kind of Elizabeth, Gil- Elizabeth Gilbert-y a little bit, but she's really gotten into law of attraction. And so, oh, and, yeah. and quantum mechanics and, and how that a- applies to your life and your vibrations, everything. And so interestingly enough, the people that started with her show were a certain type of person like me uh-huh. who was interested in that. But then um, suddenly she really makes a huge shift. And you would think the same people who are in the blogger world would not be listening to Crystal talk and, you know, talk like, you know, going to these like really far out conferences that she's talking about. But like her numbers have just exploded. And it, I don't know if they're the same people that were listening before or not, but I would assume like me, I'm not super into all that, but I'm fascinated by it and how it's uh-huh. impacting her life. And so I just think that goes to show like when you're really going on a path that is true to who you are, it does not matter, you know, okay. if, if it's a shift uh-huh. or pivot or wh- whatever you want to call it or not. People who love you and are invested in you will 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 be along for that ride and it's it's all good. It's all good, yeah. you know? I mean, so. absolutely. And I think too what's so exciting is there are lots of people all the time who are finding their path, right? You know, there's probably somebody right along with her who also got into, you know, different the vibrations and frequencies and uh-huh. quantum physics and whatnot. And maybe they didn't explode and get a million followers, but they're, I can guarantee you wherever they're at, they're feeling fulfilled and they're feeling like they are exactly where they need to be with exactly who they need in their circle and in their life. Mm. And I just, I don't know where mine is going to go. I don't know if I'll go completely off of social media. Who knows? Yeah. But I just know that if I'm doing the work, continuing to put in my personal practices, continuing to keep my connection clean with God and, and so I'm trusting my intuition and, you know, that spirit of where he's directing me. I just know it's going to be exactly or even and more than what I ever wanted. More mm. than we can't, we can't even envision the dreams that we dream for ourselves. We can't even scratch the surface <laughs> on what is out there, what the potential is. I believe that. I believe that. Well, what I value so much about you is that authenticity. And is there anything that people would be surprised to know about you as a person or as a mom? Um, You know what? Like me being very religious, I think there's different facets to me. Like I've always been, you know, not afraid. Like I'm LDS and I'm not afraid to talk about my testimony. But I think also people are – I wonder if people are confused that I'm also very into things like – um, like this last week I did some live videos on, on getting Botox and lip fillers and I have fake nails and I, I am very, I love to express my art form visually with my clothes and makeup and things like that. And I even have tattoos. I, I had tattoos when I was 18 and I've gotten some as an adult and as a mom. And I know that from a religious standpoint, and you know, especially in my, in the LDS religion, there are a lot of people that it, it confuses them or you know, they don't understand, like, well, I thought you had a testimony in this and that, and Mm -hmm. for me, I I do think that that's one of the things that probably shocks or surprises people, 
Um, but to me, I hope that it doesn't say, it's not something where I'm like, you can do whatever you want and be reckless or this and that. It's that you can trust yourself and where the line is for you. And you, at any given moment in the day, you can literally know exactly where you stand with God Mm -hmm. and whether or not, you know, having a tattoo or bleaching your hair is going to change your worth to him. Or if it's like, Oh, because you did that now you don't get to have these blessings or now you don't get to live your fullest purpose. He doesn't work like that. And so Hmm. I don't know. I don't know why I have had, um, my tattoos are very, they're tiny, but they're very meaningful to me and impactful to me. Um, I don't know. I'm aware of it. I'm aware that I'm, a, a an example out there and mm-hmm. I would just hope that it might be the thing that makes people stop and think and, and in a good way mm. and, and stop thinking the critical things and like, well, then she's less than, well, then she's not what she says she is, you know? Yeah, no, I, I do know. Um, it's definitely the easier road to let what people think of you dictate who you become, but the fact that you're willing to, to stand up for what you believe in and do so with such sincerity, vulnerability, and openness. I really, really admire that in you, Whippy. I'm just right. thankful for, you know, the people who are there and pray all the time that the people that need to hear what I have to say will just find me. And I, I trust that they will. Yeah. I think that is a wonderful, peaceful way to go about your life, you know. That I hope good things for you in that because that pursuit is worthwhile. Oh, man. Whippy, this has been such a meaningful conversation today. Thank you for going so deep with us and for sharing so much of your heart. Um, I mean, I know that you are a speaker and teacher and you love sharing. But, you know, I, I don't know. Even I feel when I share stuff that's personal to me, some like, oh, how's it going to be perceived? Or how should I say uh-huh. this even? Uh-huh. But I just feel like you are so connected to who you are and what you know to be true that you can stand on that without any type of pretense. And I love that. And that's given me so much to think about today. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me a space to be able to be as open as I dare, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I always ask my guests just one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? I would tell my pre-motherhood self that you – you can't give away what you don't possess. Hmm. So if you don't love yourself, yes, you can love people, but you can only love them as deeply as you love yourself. And so if you're frustrated because you don't feel like you're connecting or getting out of your relationships, whether it's with your parents or your spouse or your kids or your siblings, it's an inside job. You know, you take yeah. care of yourself first. I know it's the opposite instinct as mothers were told, put your kids first. I swear on my life, if you put yourself first, everything else will fall into place and it will be far less painful. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Thank you for that. That is so, so true. And it's and it's so much easier. Well, I don't know if it feels easier. But, like, you can be more proactive with yourself today than you can with changing somebody else, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like if your marriage is in trouble, if you're struggling with a relationship with your kids, whatever it is, and you're working so hard to change them and it's fruitless, it's because it starts with you. And you can start this moment. You have no chance of changing anybody else. No chance. 
I can promise you when you change yourself, you know, in, in talking in the, in the words of the, the phrasing of vibration and frequency, people like a tuning fork will match it. So either it, you will get to the point where you are living such a high life, and I don't mean high and mighty, I mean yeah. high to closer to God, that other people will want to match you. They'll want to be in tune with that also, and they'll literally start the changes themselves. You won't have to do any any forcing or working or conniving or manipulating. They'll oh, want yeah. to match you, you know, or if it's too much for them they'll go the other way and isn't that what we want the Mm. people who are going to bring you down we want them to dismiss themselves you know yes that is a way to end so now that we've said people that want to follow you should follow you and people that shouldn't can go their separate way where can people follow you online (laughs) i make it pretty easy everything is at whippy cake whippycake.com i'm whippy cake on instagram facebook um pinterest you name it um Great. So yeah, come okay. find me. Come actually, come leave a comment. I'm I'm in a very, I love to connect and discuss and chat. So if I you need somebody, I'm there. I love it. I think you're an extraordinary mom, an extraordinary person. You just keep doing you. You're you're doing it right. Okay. You are. <laughs> I will. Thank okay. you. Thank you for having me. It's been so amazing, and just like I said, I love being able to connect with people who just allow you to be you. Thanks, Whippy. Good stuff, huh? (laughs) Whippy and I have never met. That was our first conversation. And I really appreciate her, her vulnerability, her willingness to to share her journey, especially in this last year of what she's been learning. And I just feel so connected to her as I meet with women and talk with women who are in a pursuit of becoming their best selves, becoming more self-aware and everything like that. Even if it looks different for them than it is for me, that pursuit and that that bond that ties us is strong. And so that was that was a great conversation. And I hope you enjoyed it too. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do so at Jessica Dalquis3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm gonna link to everywhere you can find Whippy and pictures of her and her cute family over on extraordinarymomspodcast.com. Did you know you can also listen to episodes over there in case you don't want to use your phone or something one day, you can actually listen on your computer on the podcast website. How about that? Make sure that you're leaving reviews if you're loving the show. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a new one. This Friday, we have a new episode talking about my weekly date night. And it's not quite what you might think. Marriage date nights are pretty popular. Little date night with your spouse. This is a little different. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by the date night I have every single week. Tune in then. Thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.